The process of landing investment banking job offers can often feel like a black box, which leads to confusion and anxiety for most of the candidates going through it. Hey, my name is Sam Shaw, and I'm the founder of Wall Street Mastermind. I've personally coached numerous students on how to successfully break into top-tier investment banks, including Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, Centerview, Evercore, and PJT Partners, just to name a few. On this podcast, I'm going to help you demystify the investment banking recruiting process by sharing what the clients of Wall Street Mastermind have done to get results like these. Enjoy this episode. So you've probably heard that investment bankers make a ton of money, but do you know what investment bankers actually do? Because for most people, the first time they hear the term investment banker, they usually think that it has something to do with stocks. Well, it actually doesn't, or at least not in the way that most people think. If you're curious about investment banking, but you're not completely sure if it's the right career for you, then this just might be the perfect overview that answers all of your questions. So today I'm going to demystify what investment bankers actually do and how they make so much money. Let's dive right in. Here are the topics that I will touch on today. First, we will talk about what is investment banking exactly. Next, we will look at the different types of investment bankers you can become, as well as the pros and cons of each. Third, I'll give you an overview of the typical investment banking career path. How long does it take to be promoted? and how much money can you make along the way? Fourth, I'll explain the question that you're probably wondering about, which is why do investment bankers make so much money anyway? And last but not least, if after watching this overview, you determine, yeah, investment banking sounds like something I'd want to explore more as a potential career path, then I have a free training that I'll gift to you, which goes a lot more in depth on some of the things that we will talk about today. This is a training that is typically reserved only for my paid students, but I'm gonna gift it to you for free if you want it. So let's get right down to it. So first, let's talk about what investment bankers actually do. The first time I heard the term investment banker back in college, I thought, yeah, it's those people who help manage rich people's money and by investing their money in the stock market so that uh, they can make even more money. But I was wrong. That is actually called asset management, which is a different division inside of some of the larger investment banks that are out there, but it's not what people mean when they say investment banking. Instead, the clients of investment bankers are actually corporations and not individuals, okay? At a high level, investment bankers help these corporations do one of two things. One, they help companies raise capital when the company needs a cash infusion. This can be done in one of two ways, through an equity offering or through a debt issuance. An example of an equity offering is like the initial public offering, also known as the IPO. This is when a company goes from being a private company to becoming a publicly traded company on the stock market. And what they are doing is taking a percentage of the ownership in their business, which is why it's called equity, and selling that to investors in exchange for their cash. In return, the equity investors get to participate in any future upside of the business because if the company does well, the stock price will go up, which will then make the investors richer. Okay. Secondly, aside from raising capital, investment bankers also advise companies on mergers and acquisitions, also known as M&A for short. This means that when one company is buying another company, typically both companies involved in the transaction 
will hire their own investment bankers to guide them through the deal. It's kind of like when your parents decide to buy a house and they hire a real estate agent to help them with the transaction. The agent will advise them on what houses are available, which is the best fit based on what they're looking for, how much they'll likely have to pay to have a competitive offer, you know, helping them negotiate with the other side, whether it's the buyer or the seller, lining up the financing for the deal. The case of buying a house would be a mortgage, but in the case of buying a company, it would be, you know, through some form of debt issuance, right? And then walking them through the legal contracts and signing on that dotted line, right? So investment bankers basically do all of the things that a real estate agent would do, except it's a company being bought or sold and not a house. So next, let's talk about what type of investment banker you could potentially become. Now, you can either become what's called a product banker or an industry banker. If you were to draw a grid, you can think of it as you know being a specialist vertically or being a specialist horizontally. Okay. Now, if you're a product banker, it means that you only work on a certain product Okay, under the investment banking umbrella, but you're industry agnostic. So for example, you might be an M&A banker and you only advise companies on M&A transactions, but you don't help companies with raising capital, right? You can work with technology companies, consumer companies, real estate companies, financial institutions, or oil and gas companies uh, amongst you know, all the other industries that are, there's too many to name, right? Other examples of product groups besides M&A include equity capital markets, which means you only help companies raise capital through equity offerings or debt capital markets, which means you help companies raise capital through debt offerings. On the other hand, if you don't want to become a product banker, you can also become an industry banker. Okay. So for example, back when I was in investment banking, I worked in Morgan Stanley's technology investment banking group. That means that I only advise clients who are technology companies, but I help them with M&A deals, equity offerings, as well as debt offerings. So I was product agnostic, but I only focused on one industry vertical. The benefit of being a product banker is that you become really knowledgeable about the one product, right? And you know the ins and outs of the entire transaction, right? You also get broader exposure to a lot of different industries. Also, keep in mind, you typically get a lot more hardcore financial modeling experience in a product group like the M&A group than you would in, say, a product group like equity capital markets or debt capital markets, okay? So if your goal is to eventually move over to the buy side afterwards, such as you know a private equity firm or a hedge fund, then typically having M&A deal experience on your resume is going to be a lot more attractive to those firms. Now, on the other hand, the benefit of being an industry banker is that you get to become an expert in the industry that you cover and you get to work on a variety of different products, right? So for a lot of people, they're not planning on staying in investment banking forever. And so they might want to cover the industry that they plan on working in after banking. So for example, working in the technology investment banking group made it a lot easier for me to go and work for some of the hottest tech startups in Silicon Valley later on, such as Square and GitHub. Next, let's talk about the typical investment banking career path. The typical promotion path looks like this. If you're coming into banking out of undergrad, you start as an analyst and then you become an associate, then vice president, then director, and then managing director. 
okay? If you're coming into banking out of business school, out of an MBA, then you start from the associate level, so you skip the analyst level, and then you work your way up from there, right? And the rest of that looks the same. It takes about three years to be promoted from analyst to associate. And then after that, you're probably spending about three to four years at each level until you get to the managing director level. Of course, as you progress, if you're really, really good, you might be able to shorten the amount of time it takes to get promoted from one level to the next. Now, when you're starting out, a first year analyst might make anywhere from $130,000 to $150,000 if you're at a top tier bank. Of course, some banks pay higher and some banks pay lower, but that's the general ballpark. Even as a summer analyst at one of these banks between your junior and senior year of college, it's not uncommon to make between twenty dollars to $30,000 in just a 10-week internship. So as you progress, your pay will also increase very quickly as well. By the time you make it to the managing director level, it is possible to make $1 million or more per year. And oh, by the way, those horrible work hours that you hear about all the time also get significantly better over time as you become more senior and you start to have team members under you that can take on a lot of the grunt work. So that's a huge perk as well, okay? So if you really think about the career trajectory here, um, some of the youngest managing directors that I've seen out there are basically you know, 30 or in their early 30s because they got promoted really quickly through the ranks. And so you could be making more than a million dollars a year by the time you turn 30, which is obviously hard to beat, right? Like there are very few other jobs out there that will allow you to make more money than that. Of course, if you're like most people, you might not want to stay in investment banking for that long because most of the investment banking analysts out there leave after two years and they use investment banking as the launching pad onto bigger and better things. The most popular career path is probably private equity followed by hedge funds as a close second. Other popular careers that bankers go into include venture capital, corporate development, which means you're doing mergers and acquisitions, but in-house at a actual company, or oftentimes just going to the corporate side and working for a client that's doing really, really well, right? These are often Fortune 100 companies, or if you were at a technology investment banking group like I was, you might go and work for a hot tech startup in Silicon Valley. No matter where you go, you will be compensated very, very well because all of your future pay packages will be anchored off of the high pay that you already started off with in investment banking. Speaking of money, let's talk about why investment bankers are able to make so much money. As I mentioned, even the most junior bankers are making between $130,000 to $150,000 right out of college. Or that's two and a half to three times higher than what the average college grad in the United States is making today which is about $50,000. So why do they get paid so much? Well, there are several factors at play here. One, investment bankers are doing huge deals, right? These are the types of deals that a lot of times you'll see on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, right? These deals are often hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, or sometimes even tens of billions of dollars. And so you know how real estate agents, going back to that analogy, they take a commission which is calculated as a percentage of the house that they're buying or selling. Well, bankers, they do the same thing on these deals. They take a percentage commission on every single company that's acquired, right? And so if you take a 2% commission, for example, on a billion dollar deal, that's $20 million in deal fees right there, 
right? And most bankers work on multiple deals a year. They're not just working on one deal. And so you can see how the deal fees can stack up very, very quickly. Secondly, investment banks don't really have a lot of expenses besides the salaries and the bonuses that they have to pay their employees. So in fact, most investment banks out there will actually pay about 50 to 60% of the deal fees that are being generated back to their teams. And so the deal teams are typically pretty lean as well. Like on the low end, I've seen deal teams with just, you know, anywhere from three to five people. On the high end, even if it involves multiple industry and product groups, it's a more complex deal, it's a bigger deal. You might be looking at no more than 15 to 20 people across the entire bank that's working on that deal. So you're really not sharing the pie with a lot of people. And of course, the fees get allocated disproportionately to the senior bankers at the top, which is why your pay can increase so dramatically year after year as you move up. It is not a linear progression. I would say it's more of a, you know, more like an exponential curve. Last but not least, because the deals in investment banking are considered to be some of the most important deals the client's companies will ever do, the clients demand to have the best talent working on these deals. In order to attract the best talent, investment banks have to offer a competitive salary to be able to hire the brightest minds away from other popular industries out there, such as consulting or law or engineering, right? So that coupled with the long hours and the demanding lifestyle in investment banking makes the high pay in investment banking easily justifiable to these firms. So now that you understand what investment banking actually is, does it sound like the type of job that you would be excited to wake up for in the morning? Because if you want to learn more about what you need to do to break into investment banking, including a more detailed training on some of the stuff that we covered here today, as well as a breakdown of the different types of banks you can go after, then click on the link in the description below and follow the instructions on the page. And I will send over a training that I usually only reserve for my paying clients, which you can have absolutely free of charge. Thanks for watching. And I hope you found this to be informative. Thanks for listening to this episode. Interested in discovering how you can get personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching from Wall Street Mastermind to help you beat out the massive amount of competition out there? Head on over to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. And the street is abbreviated to ST, so it's really wall, stmastermind.com slash apply. And our team looks forward to speaking with you.